Welcome to the Roboticist Chronicles, an ARC Specialties podcast, where we get into the nuts and bolts of robots, automation, and the implications of an evolving machine workforce. Hello, this is Dan Alford. You're listening to the Roboticist Chronicles. We're at the Offshore Technology Conference in Houston, Texas. It's May 2023. This has been a great show, but there's some interesting circumstances here. We just won an interesting award for our offshore robot and the whole reason that we're here today has got a long backstory. That's why I have a guest on today. We have Matt Gressens. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. First off, we got to thank the Offshore Technology Conference for allowing us to even be here. And I'd like to thank Fifth Ring for sponsoring the OTC Podcast Pavilion. Fifth Ring is a global B2B marketing and communications agency with over 30 years of experience in the energy sector and its presence in Houston. So Aberdeen, Singapore, all enable this agency to be uh, to help countries all over the world make better brands and sell more stuff. So you can learn more about Fifth Ring by visiting fifthring.com, and that's in the show notes. And so, I'm with Arc Specialties. What is your what's your job, man? <laughs> I work for Fanuc Robotics, Dan, uh, uh, District Sales Manager for uh, Texas and Louisiana right now. And we've been working together for a dozen years, something like uh, that. Oh yeah, about 14, I think. Yeah, and, and that, that's the irony. That's, what, that's the story I want to get into today. The thing we're displaying in our booth is the very first robot that's ever gone onto a drill ship. We're using two FANUC robots to run riser. And riser is what connects the drill ship to the ocean floor. So it may be two miles above, floating two miles above the ocean floor. And we have to assemble this riser. And the way you do that is you have to pick up 50-pound bolts using vision systems, place them in the threaded holes and torque them to 18,000 foot-pounds of torque. It's not a simple task, and then it gets worse because we're offshore, the environment's terrible, and uh, but this robot was such a hit that this year FANUC awarded us the, uh, what was it, Integrator of the Year? Uh, innovation Award. Innovation, yeah, innovation Award, yeah. yeah. And yeah. No company's ever won that twice, right? Uh, not yet. Yeah, so we got to win it once to win it twice. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And it was such a good application, just just besides the technical part of it, but it was actually just getting people out of a dangerous area, and uh, and just you know the the conditions there aren't ideal. You know, it's hot, it's salty, it could be cold, but uh, it's just a perfect perfect a perfect solution for that application. Yeah, and people are getting injured on this job, and and you can tell that that no one is is uh, resistant to this because everybody that's on the drill rig has thanked us. Yep, that's correct. You know, apparently this is the job nobody wanted. So that's the job a robot likes, dull, Absolutely. dirty, dangerous. And yep. Absolutely. Doesn't complain, doesn't worry about it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's ready for that environment. So. But but I got to admit, I think it's ironic that the comp- my company's named Arc Specialties. You know, we're supposed to be welding, and then our very first innovation award is for it's for non-welding for <laughs> bolting. <laughs> that is that is a little ironic, but uh, yeah, just company evolves, and there's just applications out there, and you guys found a good one for that. Oh, it's a great one. We've already we're starting on our third system right now, yep. and then turns out there's a lot of things that need to be automated on drill rig. Yep, yep. You just got to do it once, and then uh, once it's successful, people will see it. And, other opportunities will arise out there. Yeah, we've, uh, we're working on a grafter robot now. No telling where this will go, yeah. but but to me, the, the whole backstory is fun. So you rewind. You know, I started in my garage. I wasn't very credible. You know, and mm-hmm. it take it took me years to get to a point where uh, Fanuc, yep. largest robot company in yep. the world. Can yep. I say that? Market share wise, yeah. Market share wise, yep. okay. And y'all been around for forever. Uh, Nineteen eighty two. Eighty two. So. Yep. 
kind of hard for some guy in his garage to convince you guys to trust me to integrate your robots. <laughs> it, it is, but I mean, after you know, time. I mean, we've seen you be successful with other things, and it, it's uh, you know one of those things we trust whatever project you guys pick out. Yeah, we were, we were well out of the garage, <laughs> but you know, I I remember those days when yeah. I was building little machines that would fit in the back of my truck. So so we get to a point where Fanic trusts us, allows mm-hmm. us to be a systems integrator, and mm-hmm. and. And the whole symbiotic relationship between a robot manufacturer and a systems integrator. I'd like to explain that because when robots are born, they don't even have a hand. It's kind of nope. sad. Nope, they got, they got a brain. That's about it. They got a brain, <laughs> but they don't have any software ready to run. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so, so, I mean, there's so many different options out there, and you just need to know which ones to put on the robot. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's an arm with, with like you said, no hand. And uh, that's where the integrators come in is they take that uh handless robot and then uh, put a hand on it and uh, tell the brain what to do and, uh, and then it's off and running. So you got to give the robots a hand. Yeah. Okay, so so uh, that's why is it that the the industry has evolved that way? You know there I, I could imagine three different business strategies. You could sell directly to the end users mm-hmm. or you could do the integration yourselves mm-hmm. but uh, my take on it is integration's a tough gig. Yes. A lot of people fail. Yes, they do. And and that's why we exist. So mm-hmm. what, what's your take? Yeah, uh, I mean it, the. It just, I, I I guess it's just the the evolving of taking out you know some of the other companies that really want to get into this, but it is a tough business. I mean it's you know people are you know they want it done yesterday. Um, you know sometimes it's not the price they want. Um, but uh, that's where you got the the good integrators come in. They they make the happy customers, the end users, um, and that's it's a big benefit for Fanic too because, you know, we, we don't have offices all over. So you know, supporting it, you know, somebody if a robot goes down, they want it, you know, they need a lose a production time, so they need help right away. And if we're in Michigan or our office in California or even here in Houston, you know, maybe our tech isn't there available at the time. And so that's kind of where the evolution of making such a strong integrator network. Uh, get local support for our product, and that's what, that's what we've been doing. And in the case of the oil patch, there's a lot of tribal knowledge down yes, here. You know, we use some strange technologies yep. to accomplish our goals, and, and I suspect it'd be really tough for a robot company to become you know, um, subject matter experts yes. yeah. in, in all the different industries. So yep. thank goodness this, this uh, symbiotic relationship exists. So, yep. so because of this relationship, uh, and then that, then we got to go back to how we had the opportunity. Uh, Craig McCormick at Transocean, he and I race cars together, along with John Martin, who works at Art. And uh, after we're racing in the evening, then we sit around and uh, talk. And uh, and this this whole project came up. Uh, talking with Craig, he threw it out. We thought that it would be a great application for industrial robotics. Why reinvent the wheel, right? Correct. And then <clears throat> the next step is R and D. Yep. But I needed a robot. Correct. Yeah, you needed a, a robot, and then also, you know, we uh, we worked with with our specialties to to find the best solution, robot wise, and whatever options needed. Uh, so I, I remember the first you know conference WebEx we had for this, and um, you know trying to figure out you know well, again which which robot fit best. But then uh, you know we gave you some of our advice on what to do, and then you guys took it off and actually made it made it successful. All right, but. We had to have that robot in our shop, yep. and, and we played with that thing for several months. Correct. You know, yeah, it's yeah, a proof yeah. we, of concept. Yep. We did give you a consignment or lease robot at the time to help with that. We deeply appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we do whatever it takes to, to help you guys get that win that project. Mm-hmm. So. 
you know, and you've heard me talk about it before, I'm all about analogous thinking. And that's mm -hmm. where if you're working in an unknown field, you know, nobody's an expert. You know, nobody's ever put a robot on a drill ship. So we have to use analogous thinking, which means we take solutions from other seemingly different problems and then apply it. Yep. And that's precisely what we did. You know, fortunately, Phoenix got, you know, you got man centuries of software development under your Correct. belt. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I mean, the you know, vision we came out with in 96. Uh, that's machine vision, where correct. the robot's got yeah. a sense of sight. Correct. Yeah, it can be mounted on the robot or off the robot, but it knows where to go uh, to either to pick up the part or to place the part. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's, that was critical to this yes. because we didn't know where the bolts were, we didn't know where the holes were, yep. and if we know where they are on this piece of riser, it's gonna ten minutes, you know, four yep. minutes later we got a new piece of riser mm -hmm. and it's in a different place. Correct. This is all about adaptive control. Yep. And I think we used we used more of your software yeah, on you this did. project than we've used <laughs> on any other. There were quite a bit of options on that. We're running 2D laser sensors, single uh, single point laser displacement sensors. We're running pressure sensors. Yeah, soft float. Soft float. That's that's a clever technology. Yeah. yeah. And is that, yeah. I think that was from that actually came from assembly, right? Where you're trying to assemble gears no, and splines. That, that came from uh, machine load on load for when your robot's putting the piece in a chuck to the machine. When it clamps down, that robot needs to be loose. Ah, it needs Otherwise, to move with yes, the chuck. With the chuck, and so. That what that does is it frees up the brakes on axis six, five, four, five, and six. So that way, when the chuck closes, you're not going to get a fault in the robot from the pressure being applied to it. And we can also detect that motion. Yes. Yeah. So yep. we're using that. It's so it's just like the way a human would assemble a bolt. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, if you're if you're trying to do it blind, you would feel whether or not the bolt dropped into the hole. You would feel. Yeah. Whether or not it's the threads turning, have engaged, yeah, and yeah. so now the robots not only have a sense uh, have a sense of vision, mm -hmm. but they've got a sense, sense of, of touch. touch. Yes, they do. Yes, right. they do. And if you didn't have that soft load feature, you would wreck the robot, Correct. right? Yeah, because the, the brakes would be on, and then every time you clamp or you clamp down, then it would just you know force an error on the robot and just you know not doing what the robot's supposed to be doing. Right, and it's it's going to do its damnedest to hold in position, Correct. even if it breaks a gearbox. Yeah. It's pretty stubborn too. Right, and, and we're torquing these bolts to eighteen thousand foot pounds. What's what's the torque limit on your last axis? Oh man, one uh, percent of that. I'd, I'd have to even look I, into that one. I doubt, that's, I doubt that's, it's one yeah. percent. Yeah, and, and, but Correct. the point of my story is: so by using soft float, we can allow the uh, torque wrench to engage the adjacent mm -hmm. bolts mm -hmm. and res resist the torque. So in effect, the robot's simply holding the tool in the air. Yeah. It worked out great. Yeah. I'm, I'm delighted yeah, with I'm, it. I'm definitely glad we had that option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And so I don't know. So I just, just I just think it's an interesting story how yeah. we came to be here. And yeah, it is. It is. And then uh, you know I got down here uh, just because of the love of music. Uh, when oh I, yeah, that's I, why yeah, you're in Austin, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so when I I thought Motor I, City was a music yeah, center but, too. But it snows there and it's cold. I don't like that. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we got Uncle Ted, so that's a good place, you know. Tasteful Ted. Music. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but when I had the opportunity to move to Texas, it was uh, Dallas, Houston, or Austin, and uh, I chose Austin just because of the music scene. Yeah, well, I was born there. Yep. I'd still be there if there's enough industry. So you came in later. Correct. Yeah, you know, I could probably work there now, but uh, yeah. Well, let's see, 1976 when I graduated high school, uh, you either uh, worked for the government or yeah. you worked for the university. So I had to go. No automotive? No, that's right. There was, no, there's nothing like right. that. Nowadays, Austin, what do they call it? You call it Silicon Gold. Yeah, yeah. So you got plenty of semiconductor industry. Uh, Tesla's Tesla just put in a plant. Yep. Um, 
quite a quite a bit. I mean, uh, you got you know Tito's. You got a lot of food beverage, but it's it's mainly a lot of startups that you know, have their offices there. Does, uh, does the vodka plant need any robots? They've got some. Oh <laughs> darn it! You didn't bring me in on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about this this show we got here. It's uh, I'm getting a kick out of it because I took a picture yesterday and it, it was just a sea of people. This is well. Yeah, it's uh, good to see you again. Yeah, it's back again. Two years yeah. ago we came. I would say a third of the uh, displays are here because of mm-hmm. COVID. Last year we we're up to maybe sixty percent, but now we filled Hall A through Hall E. Yep. It sounds like the oil field is back it's with a vengeance. Yeah, it is. It's definitely nice to see here because I, mean, I remember you know when I first started coming to this show 13, 14 years ago how big it was, and then uh, you know when COVID happened, obviously everything changed. But uh, it's it's good to see it picking up again. All right, you can buy helicopters here, drill ships, yep. whatever you want. I mean, this this. This yeah. is not like any other you can check show. Check out the sleeping quarters on a, on a rig. <laughs> <laughs> you name it. You know, and, and, and so to a robot company, they might not think this is appropriate, but that, that's our big push nowadays. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get robots out of the factory and moving them to the problem. Yeah. So we've got robots that are mobile that'll go to large parts to be welded, mm-hmm. you know, this drill ship application. Yes. I think that's the next arena for you guys. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't know. It ain't easy, yeah, though. Yeah, it's not. But yeah, I mean, uh, manufacturers moving to different locations you know they, they got it in agriculture you know picking up right plants or strawberries and then you know they now they need to be outside which is you know an environment that typically has not been a good place for robots in the past and it's not the rain that bothers you it's the sensor systems yes you know because you're trying to use sensor systems to find the plants mm-hmm. and ignore the raindrops right. and, you know, it's, it's, yep. it's, it's tough dude yeah and i mean then you got the dirt you know and all that so there's i mean wind and dust and all that humidity so there's a lot that goes into thinking of you know is it going to be successful in that application and it's not a high margin business the reason we put robots on drill ships because drill ship time cost over a million a day yep. easy to save money yes. at, at those Very rates easy. So that's why i love the oil field that's why i love the otc yep what else you got for us today? Uh, I don't know. Uh, just, that's, just trying to think of what else we can uh, go see here. Um, we need to go over and talk to some of these other drill ship companies. Yeah. They might need a robot. Agreed. Agreed. Be nice to see that robot moving. Though, <laughs> well, we've got beer bike running today. <laughs> at what time is that at? At 3 o'clock, we're running beer bike. So if anybody out there is uh, interested in technology, I wholeheartedly re- recommend the Offshore Technology Conference, even if you're not in the oil industry or, or offshore, either one, because some of the challenges that we're facing in the oil industry are actually beyond the technical capabilities of human beings at this point. The pressures, the temperatures, the depths are so extreme that we don't know how to do some of this stuff. That's why I love this industry. It's yeah. full of challenges. It's yes, like, it is. It's like a moonshot every every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. I mean, the, the amount of money they, that they're that they're uh, willing to, you know, I would say, uh, help out with to, to make these projects successful. I mean, it, it's just the the limit that limits are boundless. There's what they can do. Right, uh, your job. You know, yeah. we, uh, because of the the cost of downtime, we actually put a third robot on the yep. drill ship. Put it in a cage. Normally, you put a robot in a cage to protect. The people around it, but mm-hmm. on a drill ship, we put the robot <laughs> in a cage to protect the robot, and, and it's been sitting on the bench saying, "Put me in, yep. coach, for months," and it, it hasn't it's had an opportunity there, to run. Yeah. But, but what other industry have you worked in that would justify a third or nah. a redundant robot? 
Doesn't may, happen. Yeah, maybe some automotive, but but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody else out there like that. Right. You might have one in the factory, but yeah. not not one on every correct. application. Correct. That's, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's still a great industry. Uh, I encourage encourage youngsters to get into it. Mm -hmm. It's been good for me. Yep. And yeah. I mean, it's just amazing to see how many different companies are here from oh, yeah. all around the world. I mean, you just never know where these people are at. And, I mean, this is it's huge. They all converge on Houston. Yep. Right around yep. the beginning of May. Well, Matt, I really appreciate all your help on this project and all the other interesting projects we've got. Dan, it's been a pleasure. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. All right. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Bye. Bye.